Now, people, while normally I would say this movie in particular needs no introduction, I we have to do an introduction. But y'all get where I'm going. You know, if you've tuned into this commentary, this what is this, the second commentary for Spooky Season? And my apologies, people. I know I haven't been doing a lot of these commentaries for, you know, for the month of October. Definitely haven't been doing anywhere near the ones, the number of ones that I've written down. But I feel like it's the thought that counts. As long as I get some type of content out to y'all, I feel like I am doing my job. But uh, definitely have to get a lot better at, you know, this consistency thing again. But that's neither here nor there, people. This movie, if you have tuned in then you know what's about to go down. Now, I've got to put a disclaimer up, man. While this movie, uh, you know, this movie meant a lot to me. This movie meant a lot to two particular groups of horror fans in the world. But collectively, this movie meant a lot to all horror fans around the world. But, um, you know, Freddy versus Jason, man. Freddy versus Jason. I remember this movie being talked about. This movie being rumored to be this, rumored to be that. You know, they were talking about this shit since the 80s. But as far as I'm concerned, this movie should have been made well before 2003. Um, and I remember the first, you know, we got hints of this. It was originally supposed to be made in the 80s. Um, and. You know, two different companies, two different companies, Paramount Pictures, New Line Cinema, they couldn't really come to an agreement. Somebody ain't had that money right, somebody ain't had them contracts right. You know, it was a lot of uh, tape that it was caught up in, so we couldn't really get that. And I feel like we were supposed to get that around 88 or so, but because we couldn't do that, they decided to do Jason versus Carrie pretty much with Friday the 13th Part 7, The New Blood, when he went up against Laura Parr Lincoln's Tina character. Now, by 88, we were already at, you know, we were at Friday 13 Part 7. We were at Nightmare on Elm Street 4. And I'm not sure what the what the original plans were for Freddy to moving forward. But, you know, we got Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master. Um, which is the better movie of the two? I, I don't know. I would probably have to go with The New Blood. However, you know, that's neither here nor there. Back in 93, if you know like I know, Jason Goes to Hell. When... Freddy's glove came out the fucking ground and pulled Jason's mask underneath. I like to be a fly on the wall in that movie theater when that shit happened. I I would have just been satisfied watching everybody else's reactions in the theater. Um, I remember seeing that shit at home, you know, with my my older brother and older sister, and we lost our shit completely. We were big horror fans. We were big Freddy and Jason fans, and. To see that happen in one movie, that was the MCU, you know, multiverse before the MCU multiverse on some real shit. You know, Universal merged horror properties together prior to that. But um, as far as the mainstream icons of that era, to see that happen was was historic, man. And I like I remember children all my age at the time almost going into cardiac arrest watching that shit. Not literally, people. Y'all know I'm just being dramatic here, but I'm just saying y'all get what I'm saying. And for years and years and years, the project was in just development hell. If you don't believe me, there's plenty of like documentaries and articles where you can see just how many drafts, just how many directors, you know, had, had this project was going through, man. It was just in the utmost 
Hellbound area, man, and that's not a Hellraiser 2 reference I'm using right there. Even though it does seem like this shit was called in the labyrinth, the Leviathan of Hellbound Hellraiser 2, because this shit didn't see the light of day in a theatrical form until 2003, and when we got it, I remember being in the theater, and I'm going to tell y'all right now, Freddy vs. Jason, I've seen a lot of movies in the theater, man, and I've had a lot of great theater experiences, but Freddy vs. Jason, hands down, probably is the best theater experience i've ever had in my life there was somebody that was there were people in their place in bets and they were giving all their money to this one wild crazy lady that was running up and down the aisles like you know just making sure okay you got how much on jason you got how much on freddie i don't know she pocketed the money and just ran the fuck out <laughs> before the movie was over i don't know because who wins at the end of this i feel like this is all subjective man this is all a matter of opinion does freddie win or does jason win honestly i don't know because at the end of this movie when Jason comes out the water holding Freddy's head, Freddy winks. Is Jason asleep? You know, is, is is he in purgatory again or whatever the hell's going on? Is Freddy still alive in the real world? I don't know. There is no real answer as to who won. That's just what I think. But um, nonetheless, man, Ronnie Yu, you know, he was fresh off of Bride of Chucky. Not fresh off, but I think in 98 or so, he had did Bride of Chucky, which, which is really an acquired taste. It's a really fun movie. But while I feel like Ronnie Yu wasn't the director for Bride of Chucky, I'm sorry, man. I also feel like Ronnie Yu was not the director for this type of film. Um, this movie, unfortunately, while I have so much fun with this movie and while it's monumental for the horror genre, this movie does not feel like a Friday the 13th movie or a Nightmare on Elm Street movie, honestly. Um, as far as like the overall atmosphere of both it doesn't feel like those i know it's supposed to just feel like one thing that's in conjunction with with the other but um i don't know man ronnie you just got a very particular style of of direction that doesn't really fit this movie and it makes for some really weird shots it makes for some really weird sequences but i don't know maybe for some people that lends itself to how weird and you know cuckoo crazy this movie can be but you know we did get ronnie you directing this and i gotta respect the guy for bringing something into fruition on screen that people took decades to develop so big shout out to ronnie you you have robert england coming back as freddy krueger rightfully so ken kersinger who played um you know he was one of the waiters or just the fucking the diner bodyguard in jason takes manhattan he is the one that plays jason in this movie he's the guy who kane hotter threw against that that glass mirror um, I said it like they have plastic mirrors or some shit, but he's the guy that Jason threw against the mirror in the diner when they are actually in Manhattan in part eight. But Ken Kersinger, I don't like him as Jason. I think he's the worst Jason in the entire franchise and no disrespect to the guy as a person, but I just feel like him, his portrayal of Jason is my least favorite as far as everybody goes. Kane Hodder just got a rotten deal, man. They were supposed to bring him back and that's what fans were waiting to see. Robert England versus Kane Hodder. Kane talked so much shit about it prior to the movie. He still talks shit about it to this day. He wants to kick Freddy's ass and I feel like he should have got his dues for this movie. But you got Monica Kina from Dawson's Creek who's playing the lead girl. You got Kelly Rowland. You've got Jason Ritter who's the late great John Ritter's son. You got Catherine Isabel who's no stranger to horror. She was in uh, the Ginger Snaps movies and See No Evil. Um... You got Brendan Fletcher, who I think is one of the best actors in this entire movie and just doesn't really get a lot to do here. Um, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. We got Lachlan Monroe. We got a bunch of, you know, familiar faces in there. And Zach Ward. I will get to Zach Ward in a second. Um, or not in a second, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there as well. But there's something I want to say about Zach Ward. And I wish I knew which TikToker um, had brought this to my attention and stitched my video. I, I wish I could shout him out. I actually probably will during his commentary at some point because he made a really good point as far as the actor Zach Ward is concerned in this film. And it has something to do with just a solo Nightmare on Elm Street movie. But we'll get there, people. 
we'll get there um now i don't know uh where you guys can find this i'm i want to say netflix or so but i'm actually watching this online y'all know i can't give up the plug because i don't want to put any of these you know these sites in jeopardy at all but i am watching it online it is no extended edition it is the straight up theatrical run through theatrical cut of freddy versus jason and that's just in case y'all are tuning in with me and y'all know if y'all are tuning in y'all are the true to the reviews mvps so without further ado people let's jump into this commentary for freddy versus jason i will hit the play button in three two one where's my starbucks Mm-hmm. That was a nice touch. Jason's, uh, you know, his kill, 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 ma, ma, in this one. It sounds like y'all ever had a yak back back in the day. Um, I had a yak back maniac, and when you hit the warble option, that's what it sounds like. It makes it sound like Jason's underwater. Robert England looking like he has an age today. He looks like evil Burt Gummer from Tremors. This was both a decent, uh, like little backstory moment or flashback moment for Freddy, but is also pretty nasty and creepy. The way he licks that picture and just pastes it inside that photo album of all the children he's killed. But it's a reminder that, you know, while while everybody roots for Freddy, we're really rooting for a creep ass motherfucker that abducted and murdered and molested children. So it's always satisfying to see these, you know, these townspeople, these Elm Street parents torch this motherfucker alive. I love the way Freddy's eyes look in this scene, man. Like he rolled up his exotic joint with meth and shrooms and LSD. Ah, Philip. Philip had one of the best deaths in Nightmare on Elm Street 3. And then you get this, you kind of get this previously on Nightmare on Elm Street type of montage of like the nightmare sequences. And like uh, just standout scenes. I like this little sequence right here. They was beating the fuck out of Freddy and Freddy's dead. Alright, and Lisa Zane, that was definitely ADR because she didn't say that. If Freddy's in hell, like... Like, how cold is it in hell? Because he's got, you know, steam coming out of his mouth. This was kind of a moment, um, not only does this girl have fake titties, but this was also a moment where you kind of see just a, a, another glimpse of how crazy Jason really is because he's having nightmares about slaughtering kids at Camp Crystal Lake. And I love how uh franchise accurate you know that dock is that's near the lake. Not funny 
or that's actually on the lake. That's how the dock looks in a, in a lot of the Friday the 13th movies. So it's some alright continuity here. But people, like, I'm telling y'all now, I really don't want anybody to get, you know, taken out of the commentary based on the criticisms I make. Because the same way I don't give a pass to Halloween H2O for its flaws, I don't give a pass to this movie either. Like, I know Jason just woke up, and I know you can't really run in your dream, but I, that for that to be the first glimpse that we see of Jason on screen, it's like, ah, it's alright. It's alright. I'm, listen, I'm gonna try not, I'm, I'm really gonna try my best to not go too crazy on the things I don't like about Jason in this movie. He's got some moments, but overall, like, the movements... The costume design, like, I, I don't know. It's just, it's something about Ken Kersinger. Like, I want to know what direction he was given as far as playing Jason. I remember reading an article back in the day on, I think it was like upcomingmovies.com, where they said that they wanted Kane Hodder, but they wanted to go with an actor who had more poetic eyes. I shit y'all not. And I'm, I was like, what the fuck? Now see that, it, like that stop motion looking shit right there. Jason's shiny ass head. They all sound like freak ass BDSM porn stars. I deserve to be punished. Oof, this actress, I do not like her as uh, Pamela Voorhees. She is just too over the top. Whereas Betsy Palmer, you can kind of believe, I mean, that's that's argumentative, but you can kind of believe Betsy Palmer was crazy. Now, the time has come to wake up. Mommy has something she wants you to do. I need you to go to Elm like, I wish she just would have pulled it back a little bit. Like, I know it's not really her. It's supposed to be Freddy posing as her. But, like, we're not we're not filming fucking Friday the 13th on stage and shit. Like, you don't have to do all this. I did like that shot of Jason um, coming out of the ground like that. It's a testament to the fact that he's been undead for a long time. opening this title sequence lets you know what was about to happen it's bloody sliced up somebody's skin and it just splashes the fucking title card on the screen rock music blasting i think everybody at this point in the theater was was officially locked in and this is a cool shot it's just like jason's movements in here but it's a cool shot seeing Jason's, you know, the, the silhouette walking down Elm Street. Like it was at, and at that point in the theater, it's like, yo, we finally we're really here. Like we're really in a Freddy versus Jason movie. Oh, God. 
Kelly Rowland. Listen, man, the eye candy's in this movie. No doubt about it. Catherine Isabel, I, I kind of liked her in this movie when I first saw it, but I liked her more, and I don't know what this says about me. I liked her a lot in, she's a little annoying, but in See No Evil too. I just didn't like that she was almost borderline necrophiliac. Kelly Rowland, I just, I love me some Kelly Rowland, but Monica Kina, I liked her since Dawson's Creek. I know Abby was such a bitchy character, and her fate was really sad. Um, Spoiler alert for anybody that hasn't seen it. Uh, Monica Kina dies in Dawson's Creek. She gets drunk with, she gets drunk with Michelle Williams on the pier, and she falls backwards and hits her head on the wood, and then she falls off the docks and she drowns. Jason is not a fan of menthols. Surprise! I'm a vampire. He looks just like a fucking vampire. He looks like he was an extra in The Forsaken. That is one of the worst fucking vampire movies I've ever seen. If y'all haven't seen it, don't don't waste your time. Unless you really love Kerr Smith and Simon Rex. And, um... I can't remember what that guy's name is. He was in Final Destination. Jesse Hutch and David Cop play Trey and Blake, but There's always that one girlfriend that's like, you need to not be by yourself and, you know, not do any soul searching whatsoever. You need to just constantly be with somebody. Definitely listening to IMX my first time in the background. <laughs> Whose fucking idea was that? My very first time. Yes, people. I used to really love that fucking song. I remember... Um, I won't get too into detail, but I, I had a... I, I was listening to this song on repeat. Um, me and my cousin... We had spent the weekend at these girls, you know, this, these these girls' house that we had just met, which definitely isn't horror movie stuff at all. But uh, I was the first one up the next morning, and I had uh, was it like a Hot Nine Seven mix or something in my Walkman, and I kept listening to that IMX song. All right, Ike Turner. Now, I like that the structure of the Elm Street house is pretty much the same uh, from all the movies. That's one thing that Elm Street series definitely was on point with was the house. The house is damn near spot on every single time, if not identical. But it's almost too clean in this movie. Well, you know what? My dad needs me, so I, I can't just go out with guys all the time. And if I did, it would not be with somebody like Blake. 
Blake. Why she say it like that? I mean, granted, Blake is a little shit. Like, he just he just sits right next to her with the fucking flask in his hand. Like, that's attractive. He's like, you know about Feng Shui? Could have pulled it back a little bit. But I, I do feel bad for Blake at some point where his dad's like, later on in the movie after Trey dies, his dad's like, uh, he's like, you were supposed to be watching your sister. Where the hell were you? I felt bad that he was mourning his friend and his dad just didn't understand. stiff ass ride game like i don't know what the what the direction is as far as when when the director tells people to have like when he directs people during a sex scene i don't know how that goes um but i can assure you she could have done they, they could have did a better job than that babe you know i don't like to be touched after, okay damn fine i'll go shower then smells like menthols anyway. He really is an asshole. She should have poured the fucking candle wax on him. <coughs> of course you get the obligatory shower scene. I don't even think that was Catherine Isabel. That might have been a stunt double. Maybe she didn't want to get naked. But uh, that's more so a Friday the 13th thing, the shower, you know, seeing the naked chicks and all that. Oh, this death scene is fucking crazy. God damn. Now that, that was good, um, Ken Kersinger, Jason shit right there. That kill. Oof. Origami. I remember, listen... Every reaction, um, everybody basically reacted to the shit they were supposed to react to in this movie, and it was great in the theater. She opened up the door like she didn't know what to expect. Somebody's dead out there. If I, First of all, if I saw all that fucking blood pouring into the bathroom from under the door, I'm going out the window. Not investigating that shit. Lachlan Monroe, man. Um, Lachlan Monroe. He's he's been in this. He's been in scary movie. He was in Dracula 2000. He got fucked up in Dracula 2000, where they pushed that cough. When they pushed Dracula's coffin over, and those spikes come from the ceiling. But they do him dirty in this movie. He's the new guy, and, you know, people are just like, yeah, well, good job. We don't need you to know what's going on in this town. Uh, fuck off real quick, okay? So, she doesn't know anything. None of them do. Pretty sure we're good. Pretty sure. You better make damn sure none of those kids knows anything, or I'll send your ass up to Weston Hills with them. Knows what? What do you mean? Good work there tonight, Stubbs. Right place, right time. But we'll take it from here, all right? <laughs> I would be pissed if I was that guy at work. Like, if I'm just like, yeah, what happened? Oh, nothing, man. You know, you want some coffee? Go ahead and run along somewhere and find something to keep yourself occupied. No, not yet. But I, 
the officers mention a name. You know, to tell you the truth, Laurie, I, I just moved here about a month ago. But He's like, I still don't even know, like, what my hourly rate is in this motherfucker. Sheriff was like, get your ass up out of there. Stop talking to that girl before I beat you up. <laughs> A little bell should have just went off when she opened her eyes and remembered his name. <coughs> now, I will say this also. One of the things that started to bother me as the the Nightmare on Elm Street movies went along, they took away the element of, oh my God, this person's asleep. It started to become too obvious. Like, I used to like seeing characters slightly doze off, but not really, and then it's pretty much like you're still in the scene with them and you don't know they're dreaming until some weird shit happens. As the movies go along, you start to see people just close their eyes for a certain amount of time. And then they make it fairly obvious, if not blatantly obvious, that they are asleep. Like, we know Lori's asleep right now. <clears throat> I'm not walking up to that little girl. Oh, the, the, they might as well just made her cry like the witch and left her dead. That's true. They need to make a movie of Left 4 Dead, man. I'm trying to tell y'all what. Because when you walk up to that witch for the first time and see those glowing eyes. Oof. <gasps> Speaking of eyes, she ain't got none. She ain't got no eyes. Freddy Krueger. And he loves children. Especially little girls. That motherfucker needs help. This is pretty creepy, though. Because her eyes aren't just plucked out, they're slashed out. And of course, you gotta have the little girls who don't age that have been playing the same fucking game of jump rope for the last 20 plus years. You would think they would get tired of this shit. You sing the same goddamn song every time. <laughs> now I remember in the theater I definitely jumped along with everybody else. That was a that was always a good jump scare when Freddie popped up like that. What the hell were you doing over there? You were supposed to be watching your sister. Were you drinking? Of course. My best friend was just killed, Dad. <laughs> so how about giving me some fucking space? <laughs> Kids say the darndest things, man. You watch yourself, boy. Yeah, right. He would have gotten uh, <laughs> what Kevin James say in uh, Growing Ups. He's like that would have been a possible backhand to the ear with with internal bleeding or whatever the fuck he said. <laughs> That's that shit would have been because no. Yeah, you have no clue, sir. Now this, this was, this was good because you didn't know, 
you didn't know he was sleeping. Who is that? You didn't know if Jason was going to pop up. You didn't know if Freddy was going to pop up. And I feel like they should have did way more of that in this movie. But at some point, they established that Jason's going to be doing the killing. I do like the idea that Freddy's not strong enough yet. I feel like that can be used in a direct sequel if they ever decide to make one. Hey! Oh. Well, he'll never be the head of a major corporation. I, and that's another thing, Friday 13th. That's like mandatory in some Friday 13th movies or others. Um... A splash of blood where you don't see the kill. A splash of blood against the glass, the wall, whatever. They did it in Jason X. They did it in Part Six. This black dude, this actor, whoever he is, he was in uh, the Thaw. It's like a body horror film, um, but he looks like he's like an old ass kid. KRGR6. I like that they threw Kruger in the TV station right there. Turn that back on. I know somebody that lives in that house. Come on, turn it back on, man. I never ask for anything. Just turn on the fucking TV, please. Fuck you, man. What the fuck is your problem? God damn it. Brandon Fletcher, man, listen, no disrespect to Jason Ritter. Jason Ritter's good in this movie, but Brandon Fletcher, man, he's fucking great. I love this actor. And I wish he had, like, I wish he was just, like, a well-known actor. I like him in this. I like him in Rampage, even though Uwe Boll is one of the shittiest directors of all time. I like him in Leprechaun Origins. I'm sorry, I like Leprechaun Origins. I don't give a fuck. Um, he's also in this movie... It's based on a true story um, of those kids that committed that hate crime against that gay guy a while back. I can't remember the guy's name, but I think the anniversary of his death just passed. And I remember Brendan Fletcher was in that uh, he was in that biopic, that retelling. He played an asshole murderer, but he's such a decent actor, man. And I feel like he he's one of the most underrated characters in a Nightmare on Elm Street or Friday the 13th movie. And he should have been furthermore explored. He's got a decent backstory with missing his family and his brother committing suicide. King. Sup, boy? My dog has no idea what he's doing, y'all. Like he's just he just wanders around and finds new spots in the room to sit in. I hate that, and you know they added that shit in post. The fart sound. <laughs> you wanna play? 
slumped. That was a nice transition right there. And he was a ride or die homie too. He did all that just so his friend could be sprung over Lori all over again. They made Springwood almost look like Haddonfield. This motherfucker put Molly all in her drink. And she didn't even know it. No, that's Hypnosil. Um, and I like that they brought Hypnosil back. And they brought back Weston Hills Institution. Uh, they brought back elements from uh, from Dream Warriors. And they, like, rightfully so. Because that's the most popular entry in the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. But to drug your own child just to get her to go to sleep? Like, come on, man. I hope me drinking my water like a fucking Neanderthal didn't pick up in the microphone. You a long way from Cape Side, baby. Honestly, she was better off in Cape Side than Springwood. All she had to deal with was what? James Vanderbeek, Joshua Jackson, Katie Holmes. <clears throat> well, at least drink your juice. Just fishing for her to get drugged up. Will Rollins of the Davis Boys came from Western Hills last night. Oh, Jesus. It's all coming apart again. Oh, shut up. Now, he was looking up at the ceiling because he's like, God damn, I got to get this roofing fixed. I don't even know. Lori. Oh, my God. God, you guys. So Group bad. hug, you guys. Group hug. His dad wasn't even stabbed to death. That motherfucker got beheaded. God damn, everybody that's sitting that's standing outside is just all eyes on them. See, I, I'm, I'm gonna look back at y'all. Like, yes, hello. Damn, we saw a dead body. Now, this dude that plays Linderman, he al always reminded me of McLovin 2.0. Christopher Rodriguez Marquette. We don't have time for data dork right now. Right. Uh, sorry. Kia was such an asshole towards him. I see what you're saying, but that's exactly what you should go. I mean, be amongst friends where it's safe. There's gonna be a whole lot of love in there for you and my boy Trey, alright? Fake ass Jay and Silent Bob right here. The bull with the scully on, um, 
night. He looks like Austin yeah. O'Brien from Last Action Hero. I'd have nightmares too. No, 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 it wasn't like that. I mean, this was really real. I mean, there was this man, but he was more like a monster, really. And they kept calling him Freddy, and he was so real. Look how she got everybody's attention. These are the nosiest goddamn high schoolers ever. I, I mean, I was I was nosy in high school, but I'm a mom, my motherfucking business. Once I start hearing shit like this, it's like, nope, didn't hear it. I'm gonna just cover my ears and just run down the hallway. That girl's looking at Brendan Fletcher like, didn't he get kicked out last year? Or? I mean, I do agree with him. Coffee is amazing. Scared. You're scaring her. She's touching him to make sure he's real. Like they didn't—they've only been apart for two months. Like, come on. It's like I can't remember how long he was locked up in Weston Hills, but oh, there's Bob Shea. Mandatory cameo by Bob Shea. Bob Shea. I love that he pops up in these movies because he is the S&M bartender in Nightmare on Elm Street 2. He's the teacher, Alice's teacher in Nightmare on Elm Street 4, and he's the guy. Um, giving out the bus tickets in Freddy's Dead. He's got that funny... He's like, you don't want to miss the bus. Ah. That shit is fucking hilarious when he does that shit. Because it just, it just doesn't stop at some point. I do not like that Kelly Rowland's character was written to be the girl who wanted the nose job and the surgery. Like, they nothing wrong with her. Let me ask y'all a question. Do y'all think Little Kim used to have those same nightmares? I'm joking, people. Do not cancel me. These fucking deputies had no urgency whatsoever. They didn't want to catch them. Springwood Library. How many Nightmare on Elm Street movies have we seen? <clears throat> The library in. Look at all these blacked out obituaries. I think we have we only seen it in the remake. I don't know. January eighteenth. That's the day my brother committed suicide. Why isn't that in here? I don't know. But I'm sure there's a good reason. 
I mean, remember in group when they told us not to jump to conclusions? Listen to yourself. You're holding on to that psychobabble bullshit like it's some kind of security blanket, man. Let it go. They covered him up, Will. They never told us about Freddy because that's how they decided to beat him. They treated him like he was a fucking disease, and they locked up all the kids who made contact with him so they wouldn't infect the others. That's crazy, is it? How come we were never allowed to call any of our friends, man? How come none of our friends ever called us? We were never <coughs> talking to quarantine, man. That's what Western Hills was for. Well, even if all you're saying is true, then why didn't Freddy kill Lori? Maybe he's not strong enough yet. Ah, I found a TikToker that brought up the Zach Ward comment to me or uh, idea. Shout out to Josh Combs 425. Big shout out to him. Um, He stitched the video that I posted where I was just so fucking passionate about the fact that I don't want to see Heather Langenkamp come back for a legacy sequel. And um, I was saying I'm over her character. We've seen her three times, and honestly, I'm over Robert England as Freddy, and I would love to give Jackie O'Haley another shot as Freddy Krueger. So, um, Josh Combs, 425, came in, he stitched my video, and he said that his opinion, he thinks Zach Ward, who plays Brendan Fletcher here's brother in this movie, would make a decent Freddy Krueger. And I told him, I said, I, have, I couldn't agree more because I have always thought that because of the sequence in this movie and because of that facial expression he makes, Zach Ward would be a fantastic Freddy Krueger. So big shout out to that guy for uh, for bringing that to my attention and bringing that to everybody's attention. I definitely, definitely share the same sentiment, man. This is how you know they weren't going to see each other again. Now see, like, this right here, the way that this looks, like, Ronnie Yu does this style of filming a lot through this movie, and it just makes it feel like a different film. It doesn't feel like a Freddy or a Jason movie. I'm not gonna lie, seeing all I do love I love that shot right there. Jason just picking that shit up. Um looking at this party and these kegs, it makes me think of when <clears throat> I don't remember what year it was, but my birthday weekend <clears throat> went to one of the best parties I've ever been to in my life in South Philly and I did my first keg stand, y'all. I was I was so nervous because I have like premonitions in my head. I see bad shit happening before it happens. First thing I thought of was somebody slipping and dropping me on the keg and me just busting my shit open but it was it was a successful keg stand i was fucked up it's a good time now i used to think you hated me because you thought i wasn't good enough for lord that's not it see you tear me down to make yourself feel better because you really hate yourself which is kind of pathetic when you actually stop to think about it assuming of course you can think with all that makeup weighing down your head boom don't feel bad linderman you did it. You you understood the assignment. He did exactly what the fuck he was supposed to do. Yeah, 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 man. I heard that Freddy Freddy used to live here. 
fucking gutted tree like a goddamn turkey, man. Like I heard his intestines and shit. His intestines. She should have punched him in his face, because he was the main one telling Gib, you know, talking shit. It's going to be a lot of love there for you and my boy Trey. Damn, Linderman locked in on uh on Will like he wanted to rumble him or something. Linderman's like, okay, I didn't know I could dance, but I'll start. They never mailed his letters. He should have just broke character. Like, I wrote you for 365 days. It wasn't over. I've been in a psychiatric hospital. I don't understand. Ladies, would that be a deal breaker for y'all? <clears throat> Like, if you get back with an old flame and he's like, yeah, I've been in a psychiatric hospital for the last little bit, but I'm okay now. Linderman's like, yep, take this beer, take this beer. I'm cock blocking right now. That freak motherfucker with the glow stick, like he got a glow stick jumpsuit on, it looks like. I'm dead one day and you're already out getting shit faced. Same old kill! The way he's holding his head is just so weird. Now, I know, obviously, Gibbs, she's dreaming right now, but who the fuck gets drunk and just wants to walk off into a cornfield? They have no respect and no regard for he who walks behind the rose at all. a nice shot simple but i like it i like overhead bird's eye view shots man i really do now because we are in the boiler room does this let me ask y'all does this movie overall feel more like a jason or freddie movie to y'all that's the question of the day That was a nice little nod to the original when Freddy peeks through Nancy's wall like that. This freak ass fucker. I hate this motherfucker, man. All the conscious pussy in the world and you want to go for the unconscious drunk girl in the middle of the cornfield. He deserved to die. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And it happened way too fast for me. His death. Freddy should have gotten to him. Not Jason.
That's a great shot of Freddie right there. And listen, man, if I'm trapped in the boiler room, I know it's not going to make a difference because Freddie can pretty much do whatever he wants. I, like, I don't know, man. Like, if, if he's not going to make it quick, then I'm going to just punch him in the fucking face. And just my luck, Freddie's, I punch him in the face in my dream and his face turns into like a fucking, like, I don't know, some T-1000 liquid shit and it gets caught in his face. Call Jason an errand boy. Ugh. Ugh. God, it's ugh. just gives me the heebie-jeebies when motherfuckers just be going after drunk, unconscious chicks. It's just fucking weird. Like, what is wrong with you people? And poor Gibbs, she doesn't even know she's about to be sexually assaulted because she's dreaming. She's having a nightmare. Pretty sure if she knew that glow stick bastard was, you know, trying to rape her in her sleep. She'd probably just tell Freddy, like, yeah, just make it quick, bro. Like, come on, just get it over with. Don't even, don't do no goofball shit and turn me into a, you know, a squirrel or something or a bug. Just kill me now. Mm. Freddy's like, she got shot? Somebody gangbanging? Hmm. Jason loves a classic double impaling. First of all, I don't want a grown ass man holding a joint while I smoke the joint. And ain't no way these motherfuckers are drinking Everclear straight. I've tried it. One of the worst things I've ever done in my fucking life. I don't care how hard y'all party. You're not drinking Everclear straight. And if you are, you have no working insides. Your Cyberdyne Systems Model 101. Ken Kersinger is tall as shit. Jason did, Jason did us a favor because his voice alone. Invite only Corn Poke. He's like the ultimate jock. Now, while this was cool, it's just like Jason's movements, man. Like, I feel like he should have enlisted the advice and help of CJ Graham, who played Jason in part six, Jason Lives. CJ Graham was a combination of, I know he said during a panel that he wasn't trying to be Frankenstein from like the 60s and shit, but he was a combination of like Frankenstein and old school Jason where he was finally undead but he still has some pep in his step so he's not going to move fast 24 7 but this shit is so robotic mm. i love how blood uh flew on the lens in that scene right there that was dope 
You already had an appliance. Okay. I'm sorry. He deserved to die, too, because throwing beer at Jason was going to stop him from coming at you with a machete. First of all, I don't give a fuck if I didn't know it was Jason Voorhees. Somebody that's fucking eight feet tall coming towards me with a machete and you're on fire. First of all, you on fire. Jason was running through people, literally. And another thing, if a, if there's a killer on the loose, I'm not smoking bud. Dude, I'm not smoking no bud in a situation like this. I'm already like, I'm already weird as hell when I smoke now. Like, I like to retreat and not be around people. Turn my phone on vibrate, listen to music, laugh at movies that don't need to be laughed at. A little weird high shit, but when there's a serial killer on the loose, that kind of raises the stakes changes things i don't think i want to i don't even think i would drink i'm not gonna lie i would do a double i would do a double of whiskey if there was a serial killer on the loose but that's it They're both just sitting in the van like, well, when did these, you know, rain machines come on? But, uh, you're going to be in the Night of the Demons remake. For the uninitiated, uh, Monica Kina really was in the Night of Demons remake. I think 2009 it came out. And I'm, I'm sorry, man. Like, I know people hate it, but the more I watch it, the more things I find to like about it. It's better than part three. That's for goddamn sure. But the eye candy's there in Night of the Demons. You got Monica Kina, Shannon Elizabeth, uh, Dior Bayard. Linnea Quigley makes a cameo in it. Practical Gore is crazy in that movie too. It's insane. Meanwhile, the neighbors just think this is, you know, the everyday quarrel that they have. I'd have been like, honey, who's that yelling outside? Oh, it's just Lori, her dad, and Will. Same old. Show me a death certificate. Show me an autopsy report. Lori, I don't think now is the right time. Really, Dad, because I think it's a perfect time. Why don't you tell me about Weston Hills? Do you work there? Now, this is classic Nightmare on Elm Street shit. The quarrel between the parent and the child. The child being lied to. The child feeling like they haven't been protected all of this time, no matter what the parent says that they've done to, to protect them. And I feel like there should have been a lot more of that in this movie. That's something that's always been um, a really good factor of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. is the dynamic between the parents and the children, the Elm Street children. 
He's like, I spent good money on these sleeping pills. You better unlock this goddamn door. He'll never find me behind this tree. Yo, they really made Springwood look like Haddonfield a little bit. Hey. Just rained for a sequence, and that was it. That was all the weather predicted. I don't know, man. I'm leaning more towards the fact that this feels more like a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. I feel like there's way more Freddy Krueger, Springwood interaction, Elm Street kit. Like, there's way more Nightmare on Elm Street shit in here. Um... I don't know, man. I, is that good or bad? You know, it's kind of like I'll go back and forth with, you know, Batman v Superman. It feels more like a Superman movie as opposed to a Batman movie sometimes. And I was a little pissed off about that as far as a versus movie goes, because we've already seen Henry Cavill in a solo movie. We've had we haven't seen Ben Affleck as Batman in a solo movie. And the fact that the first time we saw him, he had to share the screen with somebody who was already hip to the shit. But it's still a good versus movie. Alien versus Predator, however, I'm not so sure. That movie, I'm way more forgiving of this movie than I am of AVP. I like Requiem a hell of a lot better than the first one. Uh, and people can argue me down about that however they want to. But Requiem gave me what the first movie didn't. Except Sonalitha. Oh, that shot is so frustrating. That one pill going down the drain. When you reach for it while it's falling and you know you can't get down there. Zach Ward, here we go. And um, I didn't know that this was the kid from A Christmas Story. Those, those facial expressions are that right there he could definitely be freddy krueger i remember when that was in the trailers i was like holy shit he's serious he's selling it And why does Freddy always got to bring eels and worms into the mix? It's disgusting. It's like if I spread the message, would you let me live? Ooh, the fucking scratching sound. I hate it. What's up with your ADR? Did you really say that? 
Oof, I love that. Takes me back to when Rod in the first movie said that he couldn't see anybody in the room. He could just see cuts happening. And for this to be Freddy's only kill in the movie, is I'm sorry, it's pretty fucking weak. Like, he set his back on fire and wrote Freddy's back on his back. Literally, like, oh, I, I see what he did there. Freddy's back, wrote it on his back. Real mature, Fred. Real mature. talking to like that i'd have been fired because watch your motherfucking mouth all right <laughs> i'd have looked around the room on that ass like wait hold up somebody behind me but he can still get us we all know about him we're all afraid of him it was our fear that gave him his power more marks yeah and screw that clown. I mean, what kind of a pussy comes after you in your dreams, anyway? <laughs> now, that, that big-ass motherfucker back at the cornfield. All right? That's who we should be afraid of. Come here the fuck that was. <laughs> That's the real shit. That's the realest shit he said. Uh, shit, man. Um, how'd you know we were here? Uh, nothing personal, but the Scooby van out back wasn't exactly subtle. They never keep your keys in the doors. Great, so now we're completely fucked. I don't I don't like how Lachlan Monroe just walked through the fucking door magically and he just sits down like you know what I'm gonna help you kids out I, I just it just wasn't natural While she makes a good point, I know that line is like universally hated amongst horror fans. It's a little too convenient of a line. <coughs> Alright, Madonna, calm down. I love how Linderman was agreeing when he said, yeah, like a virgin. And Linderman's just agreeing like, yeah, that's a good plan. Hey, Farty still counts. Oh, come on. 
Look, we all know who the real virgin is here. Cam! Oh, come on, Lori. I know you never made it with Will. Why would he want to? When he can fuck somebody like me. Kelly Rowland is just a little too innocent for me to buy that line. Like, I'm not saying Kelly Rowland can't talk her shit, because I love Kelly Rowland, but the way the way that line was delivered is like, it's like what innocent Kelly Rowland? My God, girl, potty mouth. Oh no! Ugh. I hate that he stomped on the maggots. I I, I don't go anywhere near those things. Anything is possible. God, you just don't get it. It's like you haven't seen the movies. We're not safe awake or asleep. It's not the sleep that's killing us. It's our dreams. At Weston, Mark and I never had dreams. I feel like that line should have been a lot more frantic. We're not safe awake or asleep, but you know, whatever. I've never written a movie. At least not one that was filmed. Not even approved yet by the FDA. Oh, shit. Used for suppression of dreams. We need those pills. Enough for all of us. Can you get us back to Western Hills? Weston Hills, <clears throat> I wouldn't have known in the first place to look. They just got a bunch of computers and tech shit all over the place. Like, look, man, I'll sit in the car. You mean to tell me Freebird? has that good of a batch he got so high he fell asleep i'm not saying i haven't done it but like you drink so much you pass out and fall asleep sure but now why would he keep walking towards the door like why wouldn't you just wait you got the gun it's not gonna do shit but and now you pancaked Right underneath said door. God damn. Can't have a horror movie without characters doing dumb shit. You know? This This was creepy as fuck. These, um... These patients that are in this uh, induced coma... Maybe it wasn't induced. Dad's name is at the bottom of both of these charts. (laughs) 
ain't no way he got that high off that little ass joint and fell asleep. There's no fucking way. <clears throat> ah, the Freddy Pillar. This was a cool thing, but the CG doesn't really hold up too well. I do like how it looked when it's when it uh slid underneath the door. But I feel like they were maybe trying to do something along the lines when Spencer got high and Fred uh Freddy's dead and you know they wanted something that was cool for the pothead character. Dream or no dream, why would you listen to these coma patients? This like I'm, this isn't the best death scene I've ever seen, but Jason doesn't give a fuck, man. He's getting electrocuted. Lachlan Monroe tries to get past him, and Jason just grabs him so he can get electrocuted too. Then slams his whole face into the control panel. That's badass right there. I'm not even gonna hold y'all. Linderman, he did exactly what I would have done. Like, ain't no point in just letting off rounds and that motherfucker survived the electrocution. Just run, just run. Freebird looks super high now. We gotta go! Now! Come on! Let me handle this bitch. That was fire. I'm not gonna hold y'all the way, and that was where I'll buy a slow motion shot, cause they did slow it down when he cut when he cut um Freeberg in half. Linderman the way, 
the way Jason Ritter walked up to him and called his name and Linderman was still holding the gun like in shock. It was like a Saturday morning or like after school special or something. Don't bring guns to school part one. Oh, here we go, people. It's the moment everybody was waiting for. Jason finally went to sleep. And I'm telling y'all now, man, they do some shit here that is completely sacrilegious to um, Jason Voorhees and the Friday the 13th series as a whole, in my opinion. He's like, all right, mom, damn. Freddy is the ultimate cheat code, man. Like, nothing works. Nothing you do in the dream realm is going to work. And Jason gets his ass kicked, man. Like, he, he really does. And I know he can't really fend for himself too well in the, in the dream realm, but... God damn, like, people in the theater felt bad for Jason at some point. So another thing, another sin this movie committed was you're making Jason way too sympathetic. I know you got to root for the lesser of two evils to win, but. And Jason's probably thinking, like, damn, I would have rather fucking fought Tina Shepard again for all this. Because he's getting fucked up. Like, Freddy's probably like, look, you have been a pain in the ass since the moment I brought you back. It's time for you to go. But before you do, I'm going to make sure you remember my name. I do love how the whole, once that pipe was cracked open and the water starts spilling, I love how the whole look of the dream realm, or the boiler room rather, was, uh, I, I love how it changed. Now this, right here, I don't give a shit. I don't give two shits from a rat's ass with anybody says, this doesn't make sense to me. How the fuck is Jason afraid of water in his dreams as opposed to him just trotting through the shit in the real world? Jason's in the water in Friday 13 part 4. He's in the water in Jason Lives. He's in the water in the New Blood. He's he goes from fucking Crystal Lake to Manhattan. He's in the water in, in part 8. 
but he's all of a sudden scared of water now. I feel like that was just something that they pulled out of their ass to give Jason a handicap so that Freddy could get the drop on him, you know, uh, at, at another point in the, in the dream. I hate that they made Jason afraid of water, and it makes it makes you even more sympathetic for the character, which is not good. Like this right here. He's fucking trembling. He's terrified. That's not, not Jason. I'm sorry. This is where I become a brat. Not my Jason. Then he turned back into a kid. I get it. It's a dream, but no, Jason's not afraid of fucking water. Freddy's so disrespectful. I like the way they made Jason look, uh, kid Jason look in this movie too. It's pretty accurate as far as the first movie made him look. doesn't look too bad in this sequence right here it looks good here while it's a little you know it's way more cleaned up i'm not really a of uh, the biggest fan of the the, da the damaged mask in this movie this was some beetlejuice shit like when they were walking down the hallway and they opened up that one door and that dude's like that's the lost soul's room that's death for the dead. That shit was so potent, she didn't even get a chance to even get started on the prayer. Freddy has no fucking off switch, yo.
And in this dream sequence, they changed up, you know, the backstory on Jason because originally he went swimming and he drowned. His mom's like he wasn't a very good swimmer. And now you see the kids bullying him and pushed him in. You gotta love how Freddy low-key gut-punched the shit out of Jason when he when he uh, took him down under. Oh, Freddy's killing him. See with this sympathetic ass shit. I, I, sins. <laughs> yep, that would have been my excuse. I'd have pulled the inhaler out of my pocket and everything. Like, look. First of all, I wouldn't even need a no explanation. I'm not doing it. They could have looked at me all they want to. This is also the first movie where we don't see Jason fully unmasked. I wonder what his face like looked like in full. Ugh. <laughs> Linderman is just trigger happy. Now see this, I fucking hate that Ronnie Yu does this in this movie, man. When people fly away and shit, they literally fly away. That's a badass shot right there. Freddy coming out that water. And that's great makeup. He looks great. Literally looks like a dream demon. The eyes, the teeth, the ears. Yeah, we didn't just crash and flip the fuck over in a van. We can we can walk away just fine. And her dad coming up the steps like Norman Bates with that butcher knife. And I get it. They tried to get a little poetic. What started in Springwood will end at Crystal Lake. Where it all began. How does he know what her mother does in the dark? Alright, that that fall was a little much. Jason just strolling around again. And they're not even trying to be quiet or discreet at all. Oh, 
Yeah, your girlfriend's Boy, a cutter, Will. Jason just came in knocking everything over. What a klutz. Ugh. See what I'm saying? They fly like the way they fly back. It's like his wire work every time somebody gets hit. Or every time somebody is just off the ground in general. It's, it's a little cartoonish. Even for this these two properties. Yikes. Oh, that shit makes my back hurt every time they show that Linderman god damn you know got impaled oh, when he flew into the wall oh, oh no I'm accidentally burning your arm oh my god it's one of the greatest moments in cinematic history right here you see Freddy straight up bitching Freddy's like, oh, I done fucked up. <laughs> He's like, I think I'm in the real world. Mm. And Jason's like, ain't no balls here, bitch. That motherfucker's balls fell off years ago. That's badass. Treated him like he was a lunchroom bully. That part I don't mind. That was like... That was justifiable. When Jason threw Freddy into the air and threw the roof of the cabin across the way. It's just a scratch. You are laying in a puddle... Of your blood. Now this scene was originally longer. If you look at the deleted scenes, um, when he tells her to go, she's like, "Okay, I'll go." But when I, she was like, um, "Don't die on me because I'll kick your ass." And he said, "Why?" And she said, "Because I." She says something along the lines of, "I'll kick your ass if you tell anybody I did this." And she gives Linderman a kiss before she before she runs off. And I don't know if that would have made the scene a bit better, but I, I don't know. I wish they would have kept that in there. Because everything came full circle with those two. They acted like they hated each other. She acted like she hated him. But this was sad. The way Linderman just bleeds out and just dies. He was out the game. Talking about some it's just a scratch. They did a mini dolly zoom on Kelly Rowland when she called his name. <laughs> Did I love how Freddy did he couldn't make a decision at first. The audience went bonkers when he said that line, yo. That was such a great line. How sweet dark meat. This was such a fucking like I know a lot of people don't like it, but I love to see it. Runs around in a Christmas sweater. 
But she was grinding him the I fuck mean, up. Freddy's fucking face, yo. Now, I was so in shock at that kill when I first saw it that I told myself she was going to come back. I said, no, nah, she's not dead. She'd be all right. Like she she was her conviction was crazy. Freddie with that drop down elbow, man. And one thing I will give Ken Kurzinger as Jason, sometimes his movements are really decent. Like when he swings that machete, he swings that shit to kill. Jason just, excuse me, don't touch me. I love that too. How the one, how the one canister hit him, and it knocked him off his feet just a little, just enough into the air that when the second one hit him, it just propelled his ass up further in the air. They forgot to cover Ken Kersinger's eye makeup. Mm. <coughs> now, one could nitpick, but undead Jason hasn't never bled. So how the fuck does a Jason that's this undead literally came out the ground again? How does he bleed? But that's just Ronnie Yu, I guess, giving the people what they wanted. What that um, what that title sequence foreshadowed was just blood splattering all over the place. <coughs> but I feel like after part four, Jason stopped bleeding. You know, in the second, third, and fourth movies, of course he was bleeding because he was not human, but <clears throat> semi-human, I guess. Like, he's literally, he's spitting out blood. Freddy's like a big kid trying to get loose from the bully. Yeah, that machete, yeah, that swing, man.
this was when they started going a bit batshit on each other. Jason's just going slice Freddy's shit all up. But then when Freddy gets that machete, bars for Freddy get that machete. But he goes to town on Jason. Oh, I always hated that shot when they when Freddy catches the machete and it bends. You see it bend. But they make up for it because he's about to go crazy. Freddy is fucking him up. Oh God. His spine, his back should look how his back looked in the new blood. Like, you should just see that motherfucker's vertebrae. Mm. Yeah, yo. Monica Kina gets her Baywatch uh, slow motion run with her titties bouncing all over the place. was a good moment two titans of horror two of horror's biggest movie monsters of all time just fucking tearing each other apart man to a bloody pulp close encounters you know they're still fucking each other up this is where the slow motion really gets it for me And Jason was so strong, he punched through Freddy's stomach with no fingers. <laughs> now, how would they figure they stopped Freddy and the two supernatural slashers? How would they figure they... I love that shockwave. CG or not, I love that shockwave that just went across. But how would they figure that, you know, these motherfuckers got singed and flew into the water and died? No, it's not over. I'd have been like, okay, we stopped them for now. Let's get the fuck up out of here. It's their problem. Now, Monica Kina's got a lower back tattoo. I wonder what that is. Is that a heart? And don't think I'm being a creep, people. It is It is visible as fuck. All right? I'm sure everybody, like, just listening to how heavy the footsteps were, everybody thought this was Jason walking up with the machete. Freddy. Freddy's like Freddy's like I got one arm, a hole in my stomach Shit, now I got my glove in my chest (laughs) 
can't believe he got stabbed. I mean, it's not the first time he got stabbed with his own glove. Lisa Zane did it in Freddy's Dead. Clean sweep. I like that shot too. Freddie's head just sinking. Who would have known? If somebody would have told, you know, Sean Cunningham that we'll see Freddy Krueger's head floating, you know, in Camp Crystal Lake. What if he told what if what if somebody told Sean Cunningham that in nineteen eighty? When the first Friday thirteen dropped. First of all, Sean Cunningham would have been like, Who the fuck is Freddy Krueger? That shit won't drop for another four years. But y'all get what I'm saying. I'm just glad uh, us as a horror community, fans of both properties, we we got to see this happen. Now, whether we'll ever see anything like this again, I'm not sure. Because there was going to be a sequel. It was going to be Freddy vs. Jason vs. Ash. You know, it was tons of alternate endings. It was tons of ideas. Freddy vs. Jason vs. Ash, I don't think I would have been a big fan of that. I'm not the biggest Evil Dead fan if we're not talking the remake but i don't i don't know how it would have felt i'm not sure but here we got uh you know jason in the fucking blue lagoon somewhere mass looks badass coming out the water though i'm not gonna hold you this is a nice shot all like all around i don't know about this music though should sound like the the player select screen on mortal kombat And Jason obviously has got amphibian grip because he doesn't have fingers to hold up Freddy's head. Mm. So, uh, like I said, man, hot. Like, who won? Who won? Was Freddy? Were they in the dream realm and Freddy winked? Was Freddy still alive in the real world? Was Jason sleep? Like, what the fuck happened? Who won? But I feel like, again, as I said before, it is very subjective. It's a matter of opinion. I don't really know who won, so I can't really sit up here and say anything, but I'm biased, so I'm just going to go ahead and say Jason won, because Jason will always be number two as far as my slasher goes. Michael Myers is forever number one, but Jason's always number two. Freddy's always been number three, but uh, my bias says Jason won, but you know, the world may never know unless we ask Mr. Owl people, but nonetheless, man, we made it. We have survived the horror in not only elm street springwood ohio but we survived the horror at camp crystal lake as well where this nightmare began people now let me get to a rating here let's get to a rating um i give this movie i'm gonna be completely honest i'm not talking about when i saw it in the theater at first i'm talking about watching it today this day and age i will give this movie a very strong uh but fair seven and a half what keeps it from a 10 is the obvious this does not fully feel like a friday the 13th movie nor does it feel like a nightmare on elm street film and i feel like it could have been a bit more balanced in the first two acts but i know they wanted to establish the characters and make sure the characters were as fleshed out as they could be but um i you know like i said it's that batman superman alien predator thing where i, I wish that things were balanced out a little bit better i wish that the the tones were established a lot better um 
you know, I wish there was another director for this, but this is what we got. And I'm grateful for this movie, man, through all of the flaws. There's some really, you know, shout out to Damian Shannon and Mark Swift. They not only wrote this, but they wrote the remake for Friday the 13th as well. But um, there's some sketchy writing and that writing makes the line delivery suffer. I don't know if it's the characters getting the wrong lines or just the character delivering certain lines, but certain lines are very cringeworthy. And I'm not saying I go into a Friday 13th movie for the acting. I don't. Um, obviously, I'm going into it for, for the kills. If you're not getting better than the characters in part four, five, or six, then it really doesn't make a difference. Uh, with Nightmare on Elm Street, it's a different story. I've, it's always been character-driven. It's always been, uh, you know, you, you want to root for these kids and feel like, you know, there's something to relate to. But some of the lines are just bad here. Some of the direction is very strange. Ronnie Yu's style of direction I don't think works for either property through a lot of this. And there's a lot of cartoonish moments. And again, even for a property where, you know, Jason went to space and Freddy, you know, broke the fourth wall and does all this cartoonish shit. He even has a kid in a video game and Freddy's dead. Even for two cartoonish or properties that got in cartoonish territories there was just something about the the cartoonish elements of this movie that just kind of upset me the more and more i watched it and older i got but you know what do you expect from a freddy versus jason movie they wanted to please the fans and i feel like the fan service was definitely there overall and again like i said while i do have problems with this movie i gotta give so much credit to ronnie you for coming making this thing come into fruition when it was in development hell for decades and i will always respect him for that because if he wouldn't have done it i don't know who honestly i don't know who i would have gotten uh, i'm not sure who was up for um the job at some point I'll, I'll look it up and you know i'm pretty sure it'll be a discussion online or something like that but I'm, I'm glad we got it man i just feel like there's a lot of things that could have been done better with this movie but you know shout out flaws and all shout out to robert england shout out to ronnie you and sean cunningham and bob shea and shout out to um you know uh ken kersinger and robert england and I, I don't know if i'm saying these names twice or not this coffee has really got me rolling shout out to monica keena and jason ritter and Catherine isabel kelly Rowland, and lachlan monroe and everybody else that was involved in the making of this this film man and um yeah there you have it people <laughs> commentary for freddy versus jason and y'all already know where to go and if y'all don't y'all can follow the podcast on anchor spotify itunes google podcast apple podcast overcast pocket cast breaker radio public Podbean, and podcast addict shout out to anchor follow me on facebook instagram and tiktok romero tutor shout out to the facebook movie group the cinemaniacs and shout out to the facebook movie groups the horror virus and movie preview review did i say review review Oh no, I feel like I'm fumbling over my goddamn words again. But anyway, people, and last but not least, shout out to the Tudor reviewers, listeners, lovers, supporters out there, man. Um, this commentary will be up today, Thursday, of course, and uh, Friday. I'm not sure what commentary we can expect, man, but, you know, there's shit to do Friday uh, evening. I'm not going to get into that. That is my evening, not to myself, but it is my party night. That is definitely going to be my party night, well-deserved, but... um. There's definitely going to be some commentary out for you guys before then. Definitely we'll get that done. And there might be commentary for y'all in for, uh, what's that, Friday morning. Because we're going to keep on recording today. That is the plan, people. But y'all already know the love and support that y'all show me. I show it back to y'all tenfold and then some. So with that being said, people, yours truly, Romero Tudor. Another episode of Tudor Reviews in the can. I'll check y'all on the next one.